I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Longtime independent bookseller Kurt Bench, uh, who just has a treasure trove of rare and historic books, uh, not just relating to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but history, history in the West in particular, uh, sadly passed away at the age of 68. And he was a a bridge builder in our community in so many ways, uh, was just a a force for good and and really lived by this motto that everybody should be well-read uh, and that connecting to history really matters. And uh, one of those that I know was uh, deeply in- influenced uh, by Kurt Bench. In fact, Doug, uh, I think it was the first time you and I connected long before I came to uh, to this building. Uh, our own Doug Wright uh, has spent some time and some money <laughs> in benchmark books and uh, shares that love of history and that great connection. Uh, Doug joins us on the line to get some remembrances of uh, of, of Kurt Bench. Uh, first of all, Boyd, I, I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to chat with you about not only a, a great uh, bookseller, someone who is so knowledgeable and so kind with such integrity and generous, too. We'll talk about that. But somebody who you know just would reach out into the community. And as you mentioned, the bridge builder. I've never quite seen anything like it. His connections in our community his outreach to everyone. My wife described him as the glue in so many different situations and organizations, whether it was just a a little lunch group or it was a regular group that got together, the Utah Westerners. uh, Kurt was a a huge factor in that for for so many years. And it's, it's just, it's heartbreaking to have him gone. But it's a, it's a delight to be able to to talk about the wonderful and the positive influence he's had on on everyone he touches. Yeah, yeah. and he just always had that. Uh, you, you, anytime you went into to benchmark books, uh, you knew you were going to be treated whether you were looking to buy a really rare old book or just a book. Uh, you were treated the same uh, with that same caring and just. Uh, I always felt going in because I'm I'm no big collector, but I I have spent more than my fair share of of money and had to explain to my wife more often than not (laughs) (laughs) that, that, honey, I did stop at Benchmark on my way home today. (laughs) Uh, But he he always treated everyone, uh, you know, his knowledge was so deep and so rich. And yet he always asked the question. He always wanted to know, you know, what you were looking for and why it mattered to you. And it was always that personal relationship that I think mattered the most to Kurt. Going into his store was like finding an oasis, not just for bibliophiles, those who love books, but for, you know, people who just appreciated Utah's rich history and were kind of looking for, you know, remember the old TV show, you, you go in where everyone knows your name. You just always felt welcome. They were always there to help you with any interests you might have, but also create new interests. I can't tell you, uh, Boyd, how often Kurt 
would recommend a book or give a book that he was particularly fond of. And if, you know, it's kind of the old thing. If Kurt recommended a book, you read it and you were never disappointed. Uh, You might be challenged, but you were never, ever disappointed. Yeah. And that that challenging thing is is something that I think was such a hallmark of his life and his legacy uh, was that you didn't have to agree on anything. Uh, you could build that bridge, you know, across the differences, uh, which is so important. Uh, and it was really, I, th- I think Peggy Fletcher, Fletcher Stack uh, from the Salt Lake Tribune, I think she captured it in a unique way in, in her memories of uh, Kurt Bench today, talking about a sacred space where yeah. uh, a lot of a lot of those in the collectible items, uh, you know, are big egos and big personalities. Uh, and he was someone who just wanted to to hear the conversation and uh, to let the conversation kind of carry itself without any judgment uh, or or any prejudice or, or anything like that. It really was a safe house. You could go in and express thoughts and ideas and have really interesting discussions that I never heard a discussion in Kurt's store ever get heated, mm. but I sure heard them get interesting. <laughs> and and it, it was amazing. And the people you would run into, Boyd, in his store, it was incredible. And the people you could just strike up a conversation with because you were on safe and even neutral ground. You were there with, with friends. Uh, people would just chime in on a conversation, you'd be standing at the counter and having a conversation with Kurt or Chris or Brian or anybody else, Anne, who used to be there. And someone would just come up and chime in. It yeah. was just like open mic. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was just an amazing thing. And, you know, one thing that I'd really like people to know is how generous he was. Oh, my goodness. The things that he would do, the contributions that he would make. And as I was thinking about him after his son called me yesterday morning, and just wow, talk about a, a, a gut punch. Yeah. I just thought, you know, all of the things that he did, he was like the Johnny Appleseed of books. Yes. And he would just, I mean, schools and organizations, and I, I will never know. I, I knew quite a bit, but I'll never know how much, you know, Kurt did to be kind, to help people be literate, to distribute books. And he he knew that I had a love of Dickens. And if he ever had anything come through his store, even if it was almost like a coloring book and it had to do with Dickens, he made sure that, uh, that I saw it. Uh, he ferreted out some amazing pieces from me, and uh, boy, I I just love Kurt Bench. Yeah, if you're just joining us, uh, our own Doug Wright is uh, joining us on the line. We're remembering the life and legacy of Kurt Bench, uh, Benchmark Books, and uh, you know, I I remember having a conversation with him, and it was a kind of a collection I was working on building out, and there and I had some little holes in it that I was uh, hoping, and and we talked all about that. And just like you, Doug, whenever something would come through that was close or unique, he'd he'd call or he'd you know shoot over a message, and and I'll never forget. It was like two years later, I had completely forgotten about this little book that I was hoping to find someday, and and he found it, uh, yeah. and, and called, and he was more excited that I was excited, <laughs> uh, and yeah. that I was going to be able to dive into that than anything else. He was just he was not only knowledgeable, uh, but he was someone who loved. It's what every teacher should have. He he showed what he loved 
uh, how he taught and how he invited people into that conversation. That's right. And boy, if you were, were ever on the I want this book list. It never went away. And as a matter of fact, he called me one day, this was years ago, and he said, Doug, if I can actually sell this book to you, this will be the longest standing (laughs) request fulfilled (laughs) ever. And it was 25 years. Oh, my goodness. And I'd I'd been looking for volume four of the history of Utah by, uh, I think it was Warren Noble. And uh, number four is hard to find. And ironically, I had found it in the meantime. But he said, this would have been my crown jewel 25 years. Wow. And, and he had it there. And it was, what, what, what an amazing thing. If, if I could squeak in, I, I know you're up against a break here, but, you know, buying rare items, it doesn't matter if it's an antique store, a bookstore, whatever it is, it can be really tough. It can be the yeah. Wild West. But I'm not kidding you. I see Kurt. I've seen him. You know, somebody comes in with something that maybe he isn't even all that familiar with. And he'll say, look, I I will do everything I can to figure out what this is worth. I want you to get a fair price for it. And sometimes he would buy it. Sometimes it would be on consignment. But if he would buy it, and I saw this many times, and if he ultimately ended up selling that item for more than he had anticipated, Mm. even though he owned it free and clear, I have seen him over and over call the original owner and say, I got more for this book than I had anticipated. And he would share the difference with them. I, I, you don't see that very often in, in the world that uh, Kurt Bench operated in. Yeah, fantastic. Doug Wright, uh, thanks so much for jumping on quick today and just sharing some remembrances. Uh, we've, we've lost uh, one of those pillars of the community, a real bridge builder, uh, someone who made a difference for so many, uh, and doing it through the power of history and books. Uh, Doug, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Boyd. Uh, that's just one of those important conversations. You know, it's easy to get distracted with uh, so many different things. Uh, but we're going to talk a lot today about learning and the love of learning. And I do think that that is one of the great legacies of Kurt Bench, an independent bookstore owner, Benchmark Books, uh, was just someone who passed on that passion for learning, for learning from history, from being well-read, Uh, and from really being engaged in a community and inviting everybody into the conversation, uh, regardless of politics or religion or anything else, uh, and just making a difference. And Kurt Bench, Benchmark Books, uh, is a rare commodity, and he is one for the history books. We're going to step aside for a quick bottom-of-the-hour break. When we come back, we're going to talk about adults who get their degrees a little later in life, how sometimes they can face challenges getting into the workforce. Stay with us. We're going to break it all down. Coming up next on Inside Sources. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind 
only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.